0: On the Virtual Bible Studies tonight, we want to talk about raising children to be uh, servants of God.
1: I think it's really important, Jacob, as parents today have an incredible challenge before them, uh, made harder, I think, every day by things that are happening in our world and uh, different challenges that Satan is using to throw before parents. So we just want to talk about some things that might help parents, some suggestions that parents might follow to help raise their kids in a godly fashion. We're not going to get through this tonight. Maybe not. But uh, we
0: need to talk about it. Suggestions for rearing godly children's on the virtual Bible study coming up next.
2: Or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
0: And this is the virtual Bible study for Thursday, August seventeenth, two thousand and seventeen. 2017. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father Greg Gwynn is here. Hello,
1: Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. Tonight. Good to be
0: with you. Josh McCord is behind the controls. Josh, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Look forward to hearing from you tonight on the program. Look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. That number's toll-free. Love to hear from you. Questions at com is the email address to use. And the chat rooms, wherever you may be viewing us tonight, are the most immediate way for your comments to be heard. And we can share those with other listeners. You can comment with other listeners and have discussions in the chat rooms as we talk about this important subject tonight.
1: if you know... <coughs> uh... Lots of us have been blessed to have children. Uh, right here at the local congregation in Columbia, we have a lots, lots of little kids, and we think it's a great blessing to have lots of children around. But that also means a huge responsibility associated with that. Uh, very simply, uh, Ephesians 6 verse 4, fathers are taught, are commanded to bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's not an option. You you had kids, you wanted kids, you got kids, now you got a job to do, and it's a big job and it's a really important job. And uh, there's a window of opportunity to use in raising your kids. You're not you're not gonna be able to say, ah, I'll put that off for twenty years and when I when I when my work slows down, maybe I get closer to retirement, I'll have a little more time and I'll pay attention to my kids then. That doesn't work, obviously. And so you got a, you got a big job, you got a limited time to do it. And parents really need to be consciously addressing their responsibility All right. to raise their children.
0: All right. And lots of uh, opportunities in the world we live in to neglect those responsibilities. And so a good topic for discussion tonight. Lots of kids here. And uh, Lord willing, a few weeks from now, Josh was not going to be able to join us as much. Uh, Josh has got one on the way. Um, so, Josh, I imagine you're going to be absent from the program for a while as you... uh or home rocking the baby. Right. We'll listen from home. Okay. <laughs> if you can't, over the crying, you may well, not be able to hear. We'll do our best. All right, <laughs> oh, do your best. Um, and I'm planning on doing a lot of listening tonight uh, because uh, I need to hear a lot of these suggestions. Well, myself.
1: I, think, I think we want to make a disclaimer right up front that none of us uh, are uh, representing ourselves as perfect parents or as experts in child rearing. But the scripture does give instruction. That's what we want to emphasize. We're not. Hopefully, we won't spend a lot of time talking about our opinions and think so, because if we do that, somebody can say, "Well, my opinion about child rearing is as good as your opinion about child rearing," and that would be true if it's if we're just talking about it from a human philosophy standpoint. But the scriptures have important instructions. Uh, I, one of the things that I that I've heard people say, you know, so here's a parent, and they've got they've got. Good kids they grew up to be christians and they're faithful in the lord's church and someone said boy you're really lucky you're really lucky that your kids turned out good and i think that's the biggest mistake to say that that you possibly could make if if children turn out well it's not luck it's the product of a lot of prayerful uh effort on the part of parents and and so you know it's not well you were lucky i wasn't lucky your kids are good my kids are bad but it's just the, the luck of the draw that's that's really not true, uh, and, and I think we should disavow that notion altogether. All right.
0: Uh, we want to hear from you on the program tonight. If you have kids, uh, what are some things that have helped you? If you hear your kids are grown, uh, what advice would you give to younger parents uh, tonight? Uh, opportunities for you to comment on the program tonight, and we'd love to hear from you again. In the chat room is the best way for your voice to be heard if you don't want to talk, but the best way... Uh, and the one that we appreciate the most is if you give us a call toll free at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven on the virtual Bible study tonight.
1: Jacob, I came across the, we're going to use as a basis for our discussion tonight a bulletin article that I came across several months ago, and I don't even know the author's name. I can't even attribute it to a, to the guy who wrote it. Or the, uh, But I thought it was really good information and sort of a springboard for our discussion tonight. This He's got 10 suggestions for rearing your children for Christ. I'm sure you could add 10 more, 20 more, 100 more suggestions. But we're going to deal with these 10. And I think it's a pretty broad base that will give us a lot of things to talk about. But notice suggestions for rearing godly children or suggestions for rearing your children for Christ. That's gotta be our goal. That, that's gotta be what we are most interested in. Number about. one priority. You know, it should not be, well, I, I want to raise my kids and make sure that when they're adults, they have good, high paying jobs, you know, upper middle class kind of living standard. Or, uh, I want them to be successful in the business world. I want them to make a lot of money. I want, I want my children to be popular, you know, have lots of friends and all those. Those can't be our priorities our priorities has to have to be to raise our children to be God-fearing people. The
0: problem is it's very easy for those priorities to shift and uh, yeah. and, and begin the, the career or the athletics I want them to excel in athletics or I want them to you know have a great social life. those kind of things can they pop up and they can easily steer our focus away from the number one
1: priority. yeah I think we'll probably have a lot of places to talk about this, but you know the, the chances that I'm going to have a kid, who who grow up to play major league baseball is almost incalculably small. There's almost no chance that a kid would grow up because you think of all the kids who, for instance, play little league baseball, or 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 other equivalents of that. Of all the kids who play little league ball, how many of them you think are going to make the majors? Yeah. Effectively, none of them, zero. Yeah. But you see, parents who compromise spiritual things in order to get their kids into the little league. Uh, ball games and tournaments and so forth. It seems to me like it's so crazily misplaced. But like you said, it's it's, it's a it's this the problem of letting our priorities become skewed yeah. and 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 sort of losing focus. Misplaced and uh, misdirected.
0: And it it's not just limited to children. It's not every aspect of our life we can get our priorities out of whack. But
1: especially in this important topic. Earlier today, we sent out these ten. Uh, suggestions that we want to talk about tonight, we send them out to our update list, um, and and give you a chance to be thinking about that ahead of time. We got an email back from our friend Chris in Atlanta. I haven't we heard, heard from Chris. Chris in a long time. Chris, Thanks for great, emailing Chris. Yeah, great hope you're evening. still running and
0: uh, listening to us on your runs. Yeah, but so, yeah, well, yeah, we're glad to hear from you, Chris. Uh,
1: uh, and you'd be glad we'd be glad to get an email from you, or talk to us in the chat room, give us a phone call. But you would have gotten this update earlier today if you were on our update mailing list. How do I
0: get on that list?
1: Send us an email to questions collegeview.com. What do I put in the subject? In the subject line, say, add me to the list. I think we, I got it. We talk about that every okay. week, but uh, we want to keep people advised how you can get in. Send us an email to that email, too, if you have a question, uh, something you'd like to hear discussed on the Virtual Bible Study. Right. We're not getting, we've not been getting as many requests that way as we typically do, because every so often we like to have sort of a, what we call a smorgasbord, uh, oh, uh, program and we haven't had one in a while but we need we need you to send us some suggestions of things you'd like to hear discussed like, on the virtual like
0: to, maybe you already think you know the answer not you don't have to be like oh I don't I need somebody to tell me the answers maybe you already know the answer why not send it in it would be a good uh, a good maybe topic for uh, exactly. that program and those are some of the most enjoyable ones where we have lots of well for those of us with short attention spans we don't have to stay on one subject for long so send in your your topics and maybe it's one that we can use the whole program on so send it in all yeah. right
1: um, so let's just start down through this list and see where it takes us. Josh, we're expecting you to chill along, and a lot of these will yeah. pertain to you well, as a new father here, in about a month. or Josh six has weeks. already got all—he's got all the answers
0: right now because he uh, hasn't yeah. had a. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we should probably let Josh do this yeah. because he doesn't have kids yet, yeah. and therefore he knows all the answers. He has all the
3: answers. That's right. After
1: his kid comes along, he'll start realizing. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm, I'm here to observe and learn. <laughs> okay. All right. all
1: right, but a lot of these will pertain to you, Josh, here in just a few weeks. Uh, number one, begin regular spiritual training now and continue through all their developing years. Proverbs twenty two sixteen says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." Yes. Uh, proverbs are proverbs. They're yeah. they're generally true statements. Yeah. There they can be exceptions to them. They're not they're not uh, always true. But uh, I always illustrate that by the, the proverb that says he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing well that's generally true but i've known some guys who found a wife and found something really bad and they and they've had horrible trouble in their lives. so that's just an illustration of the point but the general principle is there in proverbs twenty-two sixteen: train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it but what it tells us is you got to use that window of opportunity right you got to be busy when when you can um have you have you ever heard people say, "Well, I'm not going to cram religion down my kids' throat. I'm I'm going to wait till they're old enough to decide for themselves." And so they don't give their children any religious training in the formative years, right? And then they expect that they're going to be able to when when they reach a point where they think they're mature to make their own decision. You, they you think they're going to change or or be interested in spiritual things when you gave them no no training in that regard it's just ridiculous yep. i'm going to wait to teach my kids to brush their teeth until they're old enough to decide for themselves i'm going to wait to teach my children personal hygiene bathing i'm not going to bathe them and i'm not going to ask them to bathe until they're old enough to decide whether they want to or not or the the, the alphabet the, the reading. reading i'm not going to make them read because now they may decide they don't want to read i'm gonna wait till they're old they'll resent me for making them read at a young age I don't want to cram school down their throat. I don't want to, and so I'm not going to teach them. I mean, the 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 illustrations abound, but it's so ridiculous. Nobody would think that in any of those other realms. Why would you think that about religion? In fact, you know, a lot of people today are trying to teach their kids these
0: things that would you waited till school. You know, they're teaching them before they even get to to excel in their reading and. And they're Yeah, a lot, of kid, a lot of
1: kids are going to kindergarten. They can't already
0: read because parents will want them to excel, so they're yeah. starting them early. Well, why yeah. wouldn't we do the same thing with spiritual
1: spiritual matters? Exactly right. And I, and and so again, early, Josh. Uh, when when your baby comes. You need to start making your plans how you going to teach this baby spiritual things because it, it starts right then. Starts right early. then,
0: yeah. Can't wait. Uh, Dwight in the chat room says, we need to teach our children starting at an early age. We also need to teach them as they get old, first in all aspects of life. Too many young people start living their lives for themselves and not for
1: God. Yeah, and you're right, Dwight. And then it's hard to pull them back from that. at at a later time not that it couldn't happen but it's sure a lot harder yeah and then uh
0: chris from atlanta says he he couldn't agree more young children are sponges and they will absorb good habits so much easier than later on and they certainly are sponges anyone with kids can uh will tell you that uh, the young kids learn they're learning things
1: that you had can't even imagine they would be paying attention to you know they and and this is not bible Uh, It it confirms the Bible. Child psychologists tell us that those first three years, especially of a child's life, those are incredibly formative times in the way a child thinks and acts that will last for a lifetime. And so that's not to say that that a person who wasn't taught when they were a child, wasn't taught godly things, couldn't learn them and make a decision for God later. We believe that that's definitely possible, and we know lots of examples of people who did. But why would you want to take that chance with your child? Why would you ah, I'm just going to wait and let them decide for themselves? Because then your the, the odds of that happening are really small.
0: 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about suggestions for rearing godly children tonight on the program. We're going to get a break and get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues.
2: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time.
1: Here's some quotes worth pondering. Words are windows to the heart. Reprove a friend in secret, but praise him openly. The highest reward for a man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. Think right, act right. It's what you think and do that makes you what you are. Man, wish I'd said that.
2: Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. we back
1: on the program tonight as we
0: talk about rearing godly children and suggestions for accomplishing this important task and uh, how important it is and how quickly we can lose focus on it. And this, uh, hopefully, tonight will cause us to have a renewed interest and focus on our important task of parenting.
1: This... N- po- the, again, we're following suggestions for rearing your children for Christ, a bulletin article we came across several months ago. Don't even know the author, but we think he's hit on some key points. Yeah,
0: whoever he is did, or, or she is did a great job.
1: Number two, clearly demonstrate to them at all times that God is the most important thing in your life by never allowing other things to interfere with the worship and work of the Lord. Uh the, the article gave a, a reference of Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right, right. And we use that verse so much because it is a verse that talks about keeping priorities in place. But this is especially to demonstrate to them. Now, I should be demonstrating to others, to my my brothers and sisters in the local congregation, to my neighbors, my my people I associate with in the community, I should be demonstrating to them that God is the most important thing in my life. Uh, uh, We all fail in that from time to time, but we should be trying our very best to make make other people who know us understand that about us. I'm going to tell you something. There's nobody that needs that influence more than our kids. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody who will see inconsistency in us more clearly than our kids will see uh, so here I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to be at every church service I want to be at every Bible study and I do that and I do that and I do that and I do it a hundred times in a row hundred times in a row I hadn't, missed, I hadn't missed an assembly in the last hundred assemblies that came around I was there for every one of them but tonight oh tonight's the all-star game in the little league And my boy is the starting pitcher. He's the star. If if he doesn't go, it's going to really be bad. They may not win because they count on him to be the star pitcher. Tonight, just once, we've been to church for the last hundred times in a row. Tonight, just once, we're going to skip church and go to the Little League game. That one exception proved more to that kid than all the hundred times before that you were there. No, yep. uh, and that's and that's what we're saying here. You you have got to demonstrate to them and you can't make exceptions. Uh, uh, we're going on vacation. We're going to skip church this time on vacation. Uh, uh, you, you name it, whatever it is, the kids will learn from those exceptions. You make more quicker, faster, more effectively than all of the other things that you do. And so what we're saying here is that consistency, real consistency is an important key.
0: Not just in attendance in every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Uh, we don't make we don't uh well we're going to make an exception and go watch that dirty movie because it's supposed to be really funny. Yeah. Or we're going to go uh to this place that we wouldn't normally go um because well these these extenuating circumstances no we've got to have a hard line and uh be consistent yeah. in
1: every aspect yeah. of our life.
0: Josh. Josh.
3: Yeah, I was thinking of maybe the opposite side of this, a time when I was young, when my dad was called into work on a Sunday afternoon. He worked maintenance, and a press had broke down at work, so he was called in. And I was outside playing in the yard, and he came home at 5:25. We typically had to leave at 5:30 in order to make Sunday evening services. I was probably seven or eight. I thought, man, we're not going to have to go. I was having fun. He said, no, get ready. We're going. Even if we show up late, we're going to we're going to make it there. And so that that stood out to me more sure. than. If we would have not gone, if he said, well, we might be a few minutes late and we'll just not go. That stood out to me more. And, and so Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first. For the first things first, you know, he, yeah. we might have been a few minutes late, but we're going. We're going to make it there. Yeah. So that stood out to me. And and that, that consistent pattern
1: will register with kids a lot. When they see you even going to extra effort uh, to be there, when it would be easier to not go to the trouble that that teaches those teach those teach powerful lessons and they learn them at an early age and and we've got to be consistent
0: and josh you know one thing we need to work on is our language with our kids too as a kid you thought we don't have to go mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when when the kids say we have to go to no we get to go to we church get to go. and yeah. when it's not a it's not a drudgery or an obligation we need to show them that we're
1: excited yeah. about sir yeah. exactly right all right all right well, uh, what does chris say there in his email
0: Chris says, It saddens me when I see parents allow worldly things to keep them from worship. I know a few couples that either the husband or wife will take one of the kids to a softball game during Sunday morning worship. They try to justify it by saying it is okay because they were back at evening service. What a terrible example and message to send to our children that softball takes priority over worship. Yeah. Well, it does. Yeah.
4: I mean, that's the facts of the matter. Yeah. You just
0: said it did, and you told your kids that. Yeah. And they're going to remember that when they get older.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, okay. Um, Dwight in the chat room says, "Our children are the most important thing we have in this world. We do so many physical things for them. We need to equalize that with spiritual things. And equalize, or even uh, maybe even make it so much more important than the physical things. Uh, you know, not just equalize, but actually emphasize the spiritual thing." I think you're right, Dwight. And uh, back to your sports analogy, and and, uh, and Chris
0: touches on it here as well. You said at the beginning of the program. Probably no one listening here is going to have a child that makes it to the major leagues or even makes it to maybe high school or college level. Um, so, But there are certainly values and uh, benefits of athletics and other activities such as that, but we need to understand that we're in it not for hitting it big in the big leagues, but we're in it for what the le- lessons the kids can learn. That's why we put them into the sports or the other activities is because we want them to develop and learn lessons well, there's a lesson. That, that's why you have them in ball. One of the reasons you have it is so you can teach them the lesson of priorities.
1: Yeah. And so don't don't miss on the opportunity. Um, one time I got criticized by someone. You. It was actually about you, Jake. If you were in little league baseball, and they had a Wednesday night game. In fact, the game several times games ended up on Wednesday night. So I would go with the rest of the family, get ready, and go to, go uh, at normal times to church. I would stay with you at the ballpark until the very last minute i'd snatch you out of the game you'd change clothes in the back seat of the car and we would get to church on time somebody said you shouldn't do that you shouldn't even go uh you know well i mean i suppose there's a judgment call there but i think that was teaching a lesson we'll play ball when we can we'll play ball as much as we can but when it's time to go to church we're going to go to church right. we've got to be consistent right right that's right and it was a very valuable lesson all right, we're going to have to hurry, Jacob. Oh, we are okay, not going to get done. Number let's three. go. Number three: Let their early memories include daily readings of the of, of Bible stories and Bible discussions in the family circle. And the author of this uh, references, I think, a powerful example for us in Second Timothy chapter three. The Apostle Paul makes reference to Timothy's mother and grandmother. Uh, let me get my pages a turn may, for me. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15, he says verse 14, continue thou in the things that, which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, I, you'd be hard pressed to think of a more exemplary Christian referenced in the New Testament than Timothy. He was outstanding. Uh and, oh, and
0: no one else like-minded. as yeah, the young man,
1: Timothy. Yeah, he, he said, I have no one uh, uh, like-minded. Let's see, where is that? Uh, anyway, uh, but his mother, uh, Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. So, you know, here's Timothy. He, he turns out to be just a fabulous young Energetic, evangelistic Christian. Did that just happen by chance? No, he, he was taught from a child. Yeah. And and that's what we've got to do. And so when our when our kids think back, they should think about spiritual activities that we engaged in, yep. not only Bible studies at home, but uh, maybe attending gospel meetings, right. uh, uh, doing special things of acts of service and so forth. But the, Kids need to think back as far back. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's different with every person. But how old is a person? How far back can you go in your mind and remember? How old were you when you have your first recallable memories? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't remember a whole lot when I was five or six, eight, ten. But I'll tell you, those, those instilling those things, and you wouldn't wait till you're. Seven or eight to start instilling those principles in kids. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877 381
0: 4567. Chris has great advice. I know a couple that has done this with their child from the beginning. And now, only four years old, she already references Bible stories to her parents and others. And again, talk about, Chris mentioned them being sponges, and um, we need to uh, make sure that we're setting aside. The problem with our society is there's so many distractions, there's so many oh. things.
1: I think that's one of the things that makes it a greater challenge for parents today. Uh, My generation was the first generation to grow up with TV. Uh, I can can actually remember when we got our first TV. That was one of my early childhood memories because I was pretty young. But I remember the first TV. And so people older than me, they never had that distraction. Parents were raising kids without the distraction of TV, the Internet, and all of that, cell phones, smartphones. Now all those distractions are there. That's just making parenting harder. Absolutely. Um, and so we got to be on guard.
0: All right, uh, and uh, you know, folks uh, aren't uh, having to go out and uh, work in the, f- in the fields to make, to, you know, get enough to eat. They're not having to go wash their uh, their laundry in the creek. Um, There's so many uh, time-saving uh, pleasures that we enjoy in the society we live in. But what, where's all the time gone? Are you running to? You're running nonstop until it's time to fall over in bed? Are you setting aside time uh, to study the Lord's word together with your children? James says, What is one of the reasons uh, that uh, God regarded Abraham so highly and chose through him to bring the Christ? He references Genesis 18, verse 19, For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. God knew Abraham's uh, character, and it was one of uh, of instructing his children. Exactly right, and uh, in fact, uh, we're told in the, in Deuteronomy that uh, that is a, a task that uh, that God expected of His people in those days uh, that uh, they were to be teaching their kids as they were uh, going about their daily lives and. Um, I'm afraid that we are falling down on that many times. Yeah, um, I think you're referencing Deuteronomy 6, 6, verse 6 7. 7. Yep, these words I command you today we shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, there we're going about, uh, their lives may have been structured a little bit differently than ours, but we have the same opportunities. When you sit in your house, we sit in our house. Are we
1: watching... But what we usually is just sit around the house is watch TV or play on the computer or smartphone, oh. and we don't talk to each other. Oh. We don't communicate. So we're missing out there. Yeah. When you walk in
0: the way, we don't do a lot of walking, but we do a lot of riding in the way. We're in the car a lot in this society. Right? And now the kids can watch their videos in the car or have the radio on. Yeah. How about turning it all off and talk? Yeah. You got a captive audience there. Your subject, uh, your 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 students are at your disposal. Be talking about them while you're in the car. Uh, When you lie down and when you rise up, every aspect of our life, we ought to be looking for opportunities to speak about God and his will
1: uh, to our children. Yeah. Uh, And then um, this is actually the point we're talking about. Point four, give them their own Bible even before they can read. Read to them from it at home. Have them take it to church services in their preschool years. Have them begin a lifetime habit of regular memorization and review of important Bible verses. Psalm 119 uh, verse 11 I'm have trouble with my pages it must be the humidity tonight uh, okay. uh, Psalm 119 verse 11 thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee yep. uh, and verse 16 verse 16 says I will delight myself in thy statutes I will not forget thy word yep. that's what we want our kids that's what we want for our kids and, yep. and, and- and it needs to be more than just what we get at Bible classes at church services, too. And I think that's that's hard for parents because there there is so much demand on their time. But we need to spend some time every day and not just when we're rushing to church services, have them scribble, fill in the blanks on their, in the car on the way to yep. church services.
0: If, if it's just happening at church services two times a week, Josh, you're a teacher. I teach here. And you do as well, Dad. If it's just happening at services, it isn't going to work. It, it you might as well just hang it up it's not and I, I got to
1: tell you when you do teach the kids classes it is pretty disappointing how often you find out that they have not looked at their lessons and they haven't prepared them and, and it and, and it becomes i mean it is it becomes pretty obvious in the comments they make and some of the things they say that they have not been preparing for class and if they're not preparing for bible class how much other Bibles do you think they're doing josh probably not a lot yeah i don't I think imagine so not yeah all right all right, right, we need to grab a break, Jacob, and, and then we're going to hurry on when we, when we get back.
0: All right, we're going to talk uh, when we get back about some more suggestions for and godly children. And lots to talk about. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast
2: of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages.
1: This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. There seems to be a lot of confusion in the Lord's body concerning the grace of God. We believe that a lot of error has been taught on this subject. It was reported that a preacher made the following statement, quote We are not saved by the right stance on any doctrinal issue, but rather by the grace of God. Do you get it? He's saying that it doesn't matter what you believe or practice on any biblical subject. God's grace covers all. We deny it. We've often said that grace is the unmerited or unearned favor and love of God. That seems to be a fair and accurate definition. Now let's be sure we understand it. Consider this example. I make the following offers to two individuals. Number one, wash my car and I'll pay you $5. Number two, come to my house, I'll give you $5. Is there any difference here? Of course there is. If you don't think so, just ask the first guy who had to wash the car to earn his $5. But fella number two received a gift. The first fella received pay for meritorious work. The second fellow receives a gift on the basis of meeting a simple condition, come to my house. Number two, does nothing to deserve his five dollars. It is a gift, but he must meet the conditions to receive it. Salvation is the product of God's grace. There's nothing you can do to earn it, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. However, there are conditions you must meet in order to receive it, Romans ten nine and 10, Acts 2, verse 38 and so forth. So then, yes, you must be right in matters of doctrine in order to be saved. These doctrinal matters are God's conditions in order to receive his gift. It's still a gift, not earned. Salvation is by God's grace. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
4: Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the Virtual Bible Study.
2: Missed a recent Virtual Bible Study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archives section of our website. Now, back to the Virtual Bible Study.
0: Back on the program tonight, and uh, we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Check it out. And send us your questions or comments at any time to questions at collegeview.com.
1: We're talking about suggestions for rearing godly
0: children tonight.
1: Um, Dwight in the chat room says, I always like using spiritual songs in the car versus worldly music. My kids loved it when we all sang these songs together. Spiritual music helped bring my family closer to God. Excellent Good. comment, Good. Dwight. And, um, uh, my wife sort of stumbled
0: upon uh uh something about that those songs and uh, and, and using them as for the memory verses she's found songs uh, verses that are set to song and the kids just they they learn them immediately yeah
1: there and, is a, there uh, is a, there's something about our our minds that are attuned to we music does hit a chord <laughs> i guess you could say well
0: uh, i was giving the girls a bath the night before i came here and uh, they were singing, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans
1: 3.23. <laughs> they were singing this in
0: the bathtub. I mean, it works. It,
1: you ought to find out about it. So, All right. Uh, James in the chat room says, we need significant, devoted, daily time with our children doing spiritual things, singing, praying, reading the scriptures, memorizing God's word, actively thinking about and doing things for others in need they must know it is the most important thing in our lives so it will influence them to make it important to them. I think it's exactly right, James, exactly right. Okay. And uh, Chris said Psalm 119 and the beautiful way it instructs us to view God's Word. We all, young and old, need to have a Psalm 119 heart. Amen to that, Chris. I agree with that, too. Exactly right. right. Okay. All right, let's go quickly. Uh, Again, some of this is repetitive, and we just talked about Praying with them, but number five on this suggestion list, teach them to pray by having them repeat after you, phrase by phrase. Pray audibly with them daily. Uh, passages like Ephesians 6, verse 18, tell us to pray always with all prayer and supplication. Uh, and of course, it warns, don't teach them memorized prayers, but teach them to pray by praying with them and praying audibly with them Um uh, and it is really an encouraging thing to see little ones who want to pray. They want to pray mm-hmm. when they go to bed. They want to pray before they eat a meal. Uh, they've been taught. That's, that shows training, and, yeah. and uh, it's an important thing. All right. We want to hear your thoughts. Again, in the chat room, let us know. Okay. All you right.
0: No comments Sarah. Josh? Still observing. Still uh, observing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's
1: go to number six. Speak often of the joys of serving God. Uh, Philippians four four says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I say, rejoice. Sing songs together about this joy, uh, uh, instilling them a longing to go to heaven. I, I really like that point because I have I have experienced some situations where I think people did really badly in that regard. I, I've used these, these folks in uh, uh, a lot of times as an illustration. Years ago, when I when I first began preaching, there was a family in the church that were some of the most negative people I ever knew about the church. It was a big family. It was grandparents and several children and their children and grandchildren. And this family all got together I literally every Sunday after Sunday morning services. They went to the grandparents' house for for and ate together every, every Sunday. I, I know that. I was there sometimes. I was invited to be a part of that. Was food good? They were really good cooks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was a company, but the company was depressing because they spent all their time complaining about the church and the people in it. I mean, they were, and they were very negative and harsh and judgmental. And they spoke of those things in front of those grandchildren. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of grandkids. And you know what? None of those grandkids grew up to obey the gospel, become Christians. Wonder why. Well, all they heard through all their growing up years was how horrible the church was and, and how bad the people in the church were. And why would you want to be a part of that? Right. And they didn't. And they grew up and never obeyed the gospel. And and that's just a sad example uh, of, of what can happen. We need, we need to be joyful about our salvation, let our children know that. Teach them to be joyful about the things of God. All right. All right.
0: Uh, certainly, uh, we need to. It needs to be something that uh, they see as us uh, being uh, f- fully devoted to and enjoying and uh, realizing the blessing of. of you said body. earlier,
1: Jacob. You know that expression. Kid, uh, every kid does it, I suppose. Do we have to go to church? Right. Uh, and that's just that's a great time to tell. them, Well, we get to go to church. Right. It's a blessing. It's we love it. We yeah. want to be there. We what would we rather do? Yeah. 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 All
0: right. Uh, Let us know what you think. Add your comments in the chat rooms tonight or give us a call. Uh, We'd love to hear from those, maybe those who already have uh, children gone out of the house, maybe some things you do different, some things that worked and were successful. 877-381-4567. Time to take your thoughts tonight.
1: Um, Chris uh, sent us an email, and he says there on number six, um, he says... When the author says to speak often of the joys of serving God, I would think that the most important focus would be showing them by doing. And when you are serving, don't complain about it, else you are teaching the wrong lesson about serving. Reinforce the lesson by speaking of it, but show more action. I think that's good. Uh, Again, they're going to learn by observing a lot more effectively than they are by words. All right. All right. I think that's right. Yep. Yep. And make it a fun time uh, to, uh, to uh,
0: with the kids. You know, it's, it's a family time. It's something that we enjoy doing, uh,
1: serving the Lord and, and instilling in them the longing to go to heaven. All right. All right. Number seven. We're we're moving along here. Uh, number seven in this list of ten suggestions. Obviously, these are not all inclusive suggestions, and you could probably can come up with lots of suggestions, more suggestions, add them to the list, but. I like number seven a lot. Spend the necessary time to be the main spiritual teacher of your children. More than the preacher or teacher in Bible class. And again, back to Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, it's your job. I, I, I don't want to be recalling too many past uh, memories as examples, but I knew a family once. Uh, They had only one child. Now, this family violated, I think, probably all the suggestions that we've already mentioned, and they weren't weren't regular in attendance. Uh, they, they, They were not a strong spiritual family at all. And when their boy became a teenager, he showed absolutely no interest whatsoever in spiritual things. I mean, none, zero. And the father actually said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, "You know, the elders better do something pretty fast, or they're going to lose that boy." <laughs> I just, I just wanted to, you know, my mouth dropped open. This father was doing nothing to raise his child, but he was blaming the elders of the church that they hadn't done. You know, they got to do something pretty quickly. They're going to lose him altogether. Well, the 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 elders of the church, the uh, the preacher in the church, the Bible class teachers in church, those are all good. Uh, adjuncts to me as a parent yeah. to get this job done. But the job is mine. And if it doesn't get done, the blame lays right here, uh, not with, you know, what happened at church. Right? Yeah, I, I, I could get on a soapbox about this pretty easily because I think a lot of parents expect the church to be in charge of that part of their children's lives, you know. And so they are always wanting activities for the young people, you know. This and that for the young people. Well, it's fine to, to to show interest in the young people, but the the rearing of children is the parents' responsibility primarily, and and don't imagine that you're going to be able to let that be done by proxy somehow or another. Yeah, um,
0: it's uh, yeah, it's it's just a, such an important job that uh, is not getting done. Josh, it's going to mean that we've got to carve out time to do that. Right. And it's easy not to, to make that time.
3: Well, and the suggestion is spend the time to be the main spiritual teacher. You know, really, you're going to be the main teacher, either for good or for bad. And, you know, you're going to be raising your children. So if you're a bad example, well, that's what they're going to learn from. Yeah. If you've got a negative attitude about serving God, then you should expect your children to be Let me have a negative ask attitude. you
1: something, Josh. Can you see your dad in yourself? Can you, I can. Can you see characteristics mm-hmm. of your dad in yourself? Sure. Yeah, that's what I learned from. That's right, because it was especially in those formative years that he was the main influence in your in your life as a, as a young boy, and that's true for all of us. Now, if our if our dad for guys, I think it's moms for girls, but if if our parents were not the kind of people they should have been, then in those very important formative years, they were setting a bad pattern that it's going to be hard for us to break out of. I've said lots of times I see my dad in myself in ways that I don't even like about my dad because that's just how strong that parental influence is. And, and, And parents need to understand that because notice that spend the necessary time to be the main spiritual teacher of your children. Actually, I think whether you spend the necessary time or not, you will be the main yeah. spiritual teacher of your children. Well, yeah, maybe not a positive spiritual
0: right. teacher. Right, it won't be positive. Well, it sort of goes along with what Chris said. He said, wow, I agree 100%. Our children will most nec- most certainly be taught about God one way or another. They'll be the one teaching rather than Hollywood, liberal pr- professors, et cetera. Yeah. Well, there you go. Thank, Thank you, Chris, for that. Yeah. And James in the chat room says uh, they must see that doing God's will is a joyful thing for their parents. Even in difficult times, we count being obedient as joyful. And he references James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so the, James gets onto that idea of example as well, is that our kids see. Uh, that we count it a joyful thing to be able to be servants of God regardless of the circumstances. Okay. All right.
1: Uh let's grab our last break, Jacob. We've got three points to make. We'll make them pretty fast when we come back and go to the top of the hour.
0: But time for your phone call at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven your question or your comments at uh the chat room tonight. Don't go anywhere, go to the top of the hour right after this.
2: These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this.
4: Hello, everyone. I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart, this is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12 verse 34, when he said, "For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like He has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the college New Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9:30 a.m
1: We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. College freshmen are a lot less religious than they used to be. In the last 30 years, the number of incoming freshmen who say they are non-religious has tripled. 10% of college freshmen claimed to have no religious preference in 1986. Today, that number has grown to 31%. It includes those who say they are agnostic, 9%, atheist, 6%, or have no religious preference, 16%. That information is via Lifeway Christian Resources. The word of God says in First Timothy 4 verse eight, "For bodily exercise profit little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come."
2: For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may... But is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews
0: 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back as we go to the top of the hour talking about uh, suggestions for rearing godly children and uh, certainly have had lots of good suggestions that are scripturally based uh, tonight and some more to go. Dwight says it all starts at home with raising children. What is being taught at Bible class is important. But parents brought those kids into the world. I think we teach our kids that making money, having a good education, etc. we need to look at teaching them about God as as being more important. I think that's that's, good. Yeah, we've got to do that. Dwight, thank you for that good encouragement tonight.
1: All right, let's go real quickly. We've got points eight, nine, and ten. Again, we're not saying this is all inclusive suggestions for rearing godly children, but we think they're good ones. Number eight, teach them that lying is one of the worst things they could ever do and punish them firmly if they do. Well, obviously, lying is a big problem. And I, for, for some reason, I think even young children are tempted about lying because they, they're they about to get in trouble. You know, it's easy to tell a lie to try to get out of trouble. So I think that's probably one of the early moral challenges that come to parents is is about not telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, there'll be lots more moral challenges as kids get uh, grow up. But maybe lying is one of the earliest moral dilemmas that parents face. And it's
0: not cute or funny. It needs to be met with uh, correction. Uh, An author references Revelation 21, verse 8. Notice the list here. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars will have their part in the lake lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, if our kids decided they wanted to be sexually immoral, we'd put it into that right now. Or if they decide they were going to well murder their brother or sister, and it gets pretty close to that sometimes. But
1: uh, <laughs> we uh, we we but lying that needs to be nipped in the bud just as fast as anything else. Yeah, yeah. And then and then this point gives us the chance to talk just briefly about child discipline. Discipline is so important. It's one of the really hard parts of parenting is to discipline to discipline properly to know what to do and how much to do and when to do it and. Uh, it, it it's and it's, it deserves lots of prayerful consideration, but the proverbs, of course, speak a lot about it. Proverbs twenty nine verse fifteen: the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Um, verse seventeen: correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest; yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Uh, you know that's look, look, first of all you, you got to you've got to do it. Uh, it's important to discipline them. For their sake and for your sake. If, if you don't discipline them, they're going to grow up to be unruly and unsubmissive to authority. But also, they're going to grow up to bring you a lot of grief if, if they weren't disciplined and taught what was right. And so uh, it, it's a it's a very important subject line. We won't have time to talk about it very much. But the proper discipline of children uh, is, is really important. All right. Um
0: and, uh, but as stated above, it's important for them to see you be truthful even when it's not pleasant. So, uh, Chris says, give them that good example of always being honest. And we certainly have to do that. If, if they see us, uh, not being honest, uh, Josh, then why would we expect them to be anything but, uh, dishonest themselves?
3: Yeah, like we've been talking about how children are sponges and they're going to follow the example they see. You know, you, you say things in a certain way. And then they're going to they're gonna say that same thing in a certain way. And so if we're living in, in a certain way and we're talking about lying the way we speak and tell untruths, well, they're going to start doing the same thing, just following our example. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Okay.
1: The next one's really important. Uh, train them early in principles of modesty, and you won't have to combat short shorts and scanty tops and scanty swimsuits in years to come. The author references a verse that we often talk about, First Timothy chapter two, verse nine. In like manner, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, or but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Uh, we've talked on the virtual Bible study before, whole programs on the modesty question. And if you haven't seen those or heard them, you might look in our archives uh, for those. Uh, but this point, we, won't, we don't need to dive off deep into the the much broader subject of modesty, but this point is just saying start training them early in that, uh, you know, get get them instilled. You know, this this that verse speaks of shamefacedness, and I think that's defined by some lexographers as respectful timidity you know, not trying to see how far you can go how how much you can push the envelope as it were in regards to the clothes you're wearing but but you you have a respectful timidity a shame face it and that really you need to instill that in children very early on uh, again if you wait until they're mid teen years you're going to have a battle on your hand trying to trying to take that back uh, so start early with them on that
3: Josh any thoughts well, we talked about this on the on the way here about going ahead and starting young with, with the way that your children dress and yeah. get that used to them. So when they see uh, somebody else or or they're tempted to wear something, they're going to be ashamed and be too embarrassed to wear something like that because they know that's not the norm. That's not what they've been taught. Yeah. I think a lot of
1: parents are letting down on this. And, and I, I'm suspicious that the reason why some parents let down on this teaching of modesty is because it makes kids – Different makes them look different, and so many. And unfortunately, a lot of Christian parents don't want their kids to be different. But uh, stop and think about that for a minute. When you when you see what's happening with young people in the world today, and and what they're doing, the kind of things that they're engaged in, the immorality, the drinking, the I mean, you you just write the list of the things that young people are are heavily involved in. And then let me ask you a question. You don't want your kids to be different? Yeah. I want my kids to be way different. And, and so modesty is one of those elements where we can help our kids deal with the fact that they're going to be different. They're going to be different from people in the
0: world. And it's a good opportunity to, for something as simple as our dress. I mean, there's going to be lots of things that are going to have to be different, and they're going to have to stand out like a sore thumb on. Why not get them used to that with the way that they dress? When you at a young age, when you're there to support them, yeah. Instead of waiting until oh, well, you're going off to college now. And by the way, while you're there and you are already looking weird because you're not going to be going out drinking and and sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're gonna to have to start dressing modestly. And good luck with that. Because we'll be a hundred miles away. But if there's anything we can do to help, let us know. Give yeah. us a call. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that don't work. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's hard to it's hard to take it back later if you don't teach them starting on. Yeah. I I know when I was a kid. Uh, my parents weren't strong on that point. So we, we, we hung out at the, at the city park swimming pool all summer long. And, and, and you can imagine how people were dressed there. But somewhere along about, I don't know, I must have been 12 or 13. I think my parents developed a conscience about that, which was good. I'm glad they did. And so they said, you can't go to the swimming pool anymore. Oh, that was really hard. Then to take that away, you know, after they'd been letting us do it for so long, yeah. then to take that away from us. It, thankfully, it, it worked for in my in my mind. I, I think it worked. They were successful in getting me to change my thinking about that too. But it, I think there's a strong chance it could go a different direction.
0: Okay, um, guest eight twenty six says, "How early when dressing, like in diapers, covering to the knee, or at potty training?" Oh, there's some good. Uh, there's going to be some judgment calls there. Certainly. Uh, you might uh, pull their pants off and change their diaper in public maybe when they're little, but you're, you know, there's going to be a point where you've got to, yeah. d- to draw that line.
1: I, I, I remember uh, uh, an elder in the church suggesting, you know, when, they, when they're out of diapers and when they're, when they're pa- past the toddler stage, they're certainly old enough to learn some principles of modesty. Okay. Uh, but it is there's yes. some judgment. Right. There's some judgment. Thanks,
0: 826, for that question tonight. Yeah.
1: Um, Dwight in the chat room says, "This is just a general good suggestion. I think let them hear you say you're sorry when you're wrong. No parents are perfect. I think that's good advice. Okay. That's good advice any time. Dwight, just if you if you're wrong, say so, admit it, and 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 uh, move on. I think that's great." Number advice. ten tonight. Number ten. We're just almost out of time. Keep their speech pure by not allowing yourself or them to ever use profanity or even a substitute. And then he mentions some euphemisms. Uh, and references Matthew twelve thirty six about being accountable for every word we speak. Uh, that's really important, I think, because again, you're going to, uh, children are going to learn speech patterns from their parents. What do you say when you when you hit your thumb with the hammer? What do you say? Uh, that's what they're going to say when they hit their thumb with the when hammer. When you're mad, how do you handle it? Yeah.
0: Um, when somebody
1: fly uh, off in a fit of rage, yeah. you know, uh, I, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. Josh, I just swam. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fly off
3: in a fit of rage.
1: Yeah, I'm the surly dad, and kids just have to figure that out. But they yeah. don't, they're not going to be like
0: me. No,
3: no they will be. They yeah. will be,
0: right? Josh,
3: hey, I find myself at at work getting on to adults for the way they talk. You don't have to, you don't have to use those words in order to get your point across. And if you do, it really, you know to me it shows your lack of your lack of uh, intelligence of the english language if you can't get your point across without using expletives then you don't need to be you don't uh, need to be talking
1: we, we have a friend uh, he's he, he's uh, up in his 80s now uh, but he was in the navy he wasn't a christian he was in the navy and he said he he cussed like a sailor literally cussed like a sailor he cussed all the time every sentence he said had a cuss word in it and he said somebody challenged him and he wasn't even a Christian yet. They said, you know, I think the reason you use all those cuss words is you're just not intelligent enough to express yourself without using cuss words. Right. He said it shocked him when, it, when that fellow said that to him. And he made up his mind right then and there. He wasn't going to use those words anymore. But, uh, it's again, it's a hard habit to break if you allow yourself to get in it. And then your kids are going to say, you know, you, sometimes you hear little kids saying some pretty bad stuff. You wonder, where did they, well, they heard it from their parents or they, or their parents are letting them watch TV or something on the Internet that they shouldn't be watching. And they're picking up those speech patterns.
0: Yes, uh, and, and because we, they're learning the vocabulary. And they're yeah, going yeah. to start saying what they hear. Uh, Chris has agreed, and again, they must see this in our lives. When I was much younger, over 20 years ago, and still a babe in the faith, I learned this the hard way. I was home alone with my daughter who had not learned to speak that long ago. I spilled some juice all over the carpet and let a curse word out. It wasn't one to, uh, and a half seconds later I heard that innocent child say what I had just said. That taught me a lesson that I will never forget. Exactly. Good, Chris. I think yeah. that's really true. Yeah, certainly. Uh,
1: yeah. But good for you that you had a sensitive heart, that that mattered yeah. to you, because I Thank think you, to Chris. a lot of people yeah. today it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I've even heard people laugh about little kids using bad words. That's not funny, and we don't want to do that. No. All right.
0: Well, uh Josh? I've learned some things tonight, been encouraged.
1: Yeah, got a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. We do. All right. Josh Josh and his wife Kristen are gonna have a baby here in a few weeks and so you get to you get to take take the challenge. A challenge. Yes, it
0: will be a challenge. All right. Well, Dad, thank you for a good discussion. Thanks, Jake. Josh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining us on the other end of the line tonight. And uh, we encourage your comments at any time or suggestions for future editions of the Virtual Bible Study, questions at collegeu.com. Make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.